Good morning, everybody, and welcome. How are you? Good. You good? Excellent. All right, so basically, one of the series we are doing uh, right now is looking at the prayers of the Apostle Paul. And so it's, it's quite interesting because we picked our own prayers, you know, uh, and we decided, you know, which one we're going we're gonna to actually effectively do. And when I was looking at the list of Paul's prayers, there's a couple of tiny, tiny prayers who keep coming back, and they were so small. It was literally 1 Corinthians 16, 23, and Philippians 4, verse 23, who said, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Okay? And the other one was, the grace of the Lord be with your spirit. So I noticed a couple of those, and thinking, whoa, that's interesting. There's a pattern there. Um, I couldn't let go of the, the, the topic. I'm thinking, this is weird. It seems that there is a, a, a pattern, effectively. And I thought, Paul is actually using this as a blessing to the people he writes to. Okay? So I looked a little bit closer because I couldn't let go. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm a little bit with nerves. I'm sorry. So, and then suddenly he hit me, looking and digging a little bit deeper. I realized that Paul systematically pray about grace, wait for it, in all the opening of his letters and in all the endings of his letters. All of them. Okay? 13 letters, 13 opening, 13 endings. So I thought, whoa, this must be really important. Who knows? I mean, if you study a little bit of literature or books or whatever, you know the introduction, the conclusion is always the most important, yeah? You get your premises, you get your conclusion, yeah? Well, all the opening and all the endings of the letters start by this little phrase about grace. Okay, so here they are. Wait, I'm not going to make you turn page by page. Don't worry. I'm not John Piper. <laughs> all right, here it is. So I wrote them down for you. In all the introduction of the letters, it says something like grace. Often it's a grace and peace. So grace to you as an opening greeting. It's, you can see it's very much at the beginning. First chapter, first few verses. Grace to you. And then as a farewell greeting, uh, you've got grace be with you as you're going. And often it says with the Holy Spirit. Grace be with you. So that's what I realized. I thought, wow. Living in the grace of God was definitely foundational to the Christian life in the teaching of the Apostle Paul. You know, he literally, everything needed, basically he was saying to the Christian, you need to live by grace. Okay? I'm starting to my letter about grace to you and then grace with you. Grace is the most important thing. You need to know to, how to live by grace. And I think, you see, this difference between grace to you in the opening greeting and grace with you it talks to me about you need grace for the present time so i'm declaring grace to you in the present time are you as you are about to read this letter grace to you now grace to understand what i'm going to write to you may grace impact your life okay but it's not just present grace it's future grace because then as you are going on with your life and you finish this letter, 
I'm praying still, grace be with you now, living your life in the outworking of the teaching that was in this letter. So grace with you, grace to you, and grace with you, both. So what does it mean to live by grace? That's what I'm going to talk about this morning, okay? I've got nine points. You ready? It's not going to be long. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. First of all, what is grace? Grace in the New Testament is the word <coughs> charis, and it means the undeserved love and favor of God. It's his kindness. It's kindness from God. It's something we don't deserve. That means that there's, ne there's absolutely nothing that you have done or we have done, and there's nothing we can do to earn his favor of his love. I'm going to repeat that because often we still try to deserve it or earn it. Okay? So basically, there's nothing we can do to earn his favor of his love, and there's nothing we have done to actually deserve his favor and his love. So the grace of God is a gift that we receive by faith. Faith. Ultimately, I would say the grace of God is the man it's actually the manifestation of his love for us. His grace is because he loves us. So he's gracious towards us. So it is the undeserved love and favor of God. Now, grace is a lot bigger than mercy. Often we equate get grace with mercy because we experience God's mercy by not receiving the punishment we deserve. You get that? So when you basically get saved, you know, you didn't receive the punishment you deserve. That's the mercy of God. In my opinion, that's grace level one. And m most of it, we, we stay there. We say, oh, thank you, Jesus. You are so gracious to me. You're the savior of my life. It's good. It's all a good start. I'm not laughing at it. It's, it's, it's a foundational thing, right? Say, wow, I didn't deserve it. I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. Okay? That's mercy. So I would say mercy is level one of grace, if you were into gaming. It's level one. It's actually the basic grace. Okay, We experience God's grace by receiving favor that we do not deserve. Can you see the difference? So mercy is you're not receiving the punishment that you deserve, but grace is more than that. You're now then going on receiving favor after favor after favor, blessing after blessing, and you never deserve them, and you still don't deserve it, but you're still receiving them. And that's above mercy. See, that's not always easy to understand because I think as human people, okay, we, we love escaping punishment, don't we? Yeah. I mean, we love escaping the consequences of our bad behavior. I mean, when I'm strolling in my car along the, and I just go over the limit, I'm really happy to, to not receive my punishment for speeding. You know what I'm saying? I think the nature in us is to escape the the consequences of our bad behavior. That's a little bit in us. So we get the concept of mercy. We kind of like say, oh, phew, I deserve, I deserved hell, but I didn't get hell because Jesus is so good. Thank you, Jesus. We get that, right? But how good are we 
to receive lavish gifts and favor well above, well above what we could imagine, when actually we haven't worked for it, we haven't merited it, we haven't deserved it. And it just came. How good. It's not easy for everybody. So that's my second point. Grace is so bigger. We need to explore grace. There's so much more. God's favor upon your life. It's so much more than salvation. Okay? Now, my third point is, grace is far superior, far superior than the law. Remember, remember in, the, in the Old Testament, the law was given to Moses, and what the people did then is they follow the rules to avoid punishment, basically, and be blessed. So their relationship with God was about following the rules so they would honor God, and then they, they, they hoped to be blessed. That was pretty much what the, 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 the Old Testament was. Essentially, the law is there to convict us from our sin. It's there to say, look, you can't even follow the rules. It's impossible. <laughs> look, you're a sinner. You just can't do it. I mean, yeah, you might not. You might be able to, you know, not kill your neighbor. You might be able to do that one. But all of us, we probably lie and fall short of the glory of God. We definitely did, okay, on that thing. You see, grace is different, and it's much better than the law, because grace comes through Jesus, okay? And when we receive the grace from Jesus, we are never the same again. It says in John 1, verse 14 and 16, it described there how God was made flesh, okay, Jesus, and he walked among us, Jesus, and he came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. So the truth is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. The revelation of Jesus, when you get to know Jesus, the revelation of Jesus and his grace will bring your life into freedom. That's what happened. You know, when we quote this verse, oh, the truth shall set you free. You know, that's what it is. The truth is Jesus. Jesus shall set you free. Jesus, his grace shall set you free. No one else can. Okay? So when the grace, Jesus, comes in your life, you're never the same again. It says in Romans 5, verse 20, where sin abandoned, what is the rest? Grace abandoned even more. So whatever our state, whatever we've done before, that's what it is. The grace of God come and cover even more. That's how Jesus. So for Jesus, we have access to the Father and we are connected to the Father and we become his son and daughter. So grace is far superior to the law. The law is, wow, I'm hoping I'm doing well and uh, I'm in relationship to God. I'm hoping that, G that the, the Father is, is happy with me. But no, grace is superior because with grace, we have Jesus coming to live in us. So therefore, the relationship is in our heart. It's written in our heart. So when we get on reading, carry on the, reading uh, the verses that I just uh, mentioned in John 1, verse 14 and 16, which, which ex explain that Jesus came and walked the earth full of grace and truth. The next verse says, and... From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Can you see it? 
So he comes, and from his fullness, from who he is, we receive grace upon grace. We could say blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor. We keep receiving this undeserved gift, and they keep coming up to us, wave upon wave in our lives. So, my point four, grace enables us to live an abandoned life in Christ. Okay? Because ingress, it's really important. Ingress is not just mercy level one. Ingress, there's the divine assistance of God. There is the commitment of God to be actively working in us for regeneration and sanctification and going from glory to glory and being more Christ-like. Yeah? So we're not just at level one. Thank you, you saved me, mercy. No, he's, he's with us, grace to us, grace to us, grace with us, grace in us, divine assistance of God that he is with us, committed to us. Amen. So we will be transformed from glory to glory. Amen. So it's, grace is a little bit like a, um, a yeast. Okay, who is into baking? Yes? But even if you're not into baking, I'm sure you know that yeast is like an active agent. Yes, so when it comes, it, it makes things blow up. You know, I think grace is like that. Grace is a gift that is active and dynamic. So it's the grace of God in our lives is activating God in us. Okay, so when you have grace, you start to flavor um, you, you start to be flavored by God and then you flavor around yourself because that's what it is Amen. okay so guess what when we when we receive grace and we keep receiving grace sinful habit will fall off Amen. they will you know and as well the fruit of the spirit will come in your life Amen. so that means when grace when you stand on the grace of God what happens is you will get more and more patient. You will get more and more loving. You will get more and more joyful. You will get more and more kind. You will get more and more faithful. And you will get more and more peaceful. Amen. And you will have more and more self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Yeah? So in grace, there is blessing upon blessing. And that's present grace and it's future grace. And that's my, my next point, number five. Actually, this is present grace, so we would be empowered to live like Christ. But it's as well future grace that we would continue to be empowered to live like Christ. Always. There's this amazing verse in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all time you may abound in every good work that's a lot of all isn't it god is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all time you may abound in every good work so what is the most important bit in that verse Tell me more. What is the the little? You highlight. What is the most important? <laughs> oh, 
What is it then? God is able. It is the most important. I didn't. I could remember that. You see, I'm a good teacher, right? I gave you the answer. The most important bit is God is able. That is the most important thing. When Paul says in his prayer, grace to you, grace be with you, what he's saying is, God is able. God is able and he's with you. He's with you providing everything you need at all time, now and in the future, so that you would be able to abound in good works. Not just having a good behavior, not just being, you know, a sinner now um, sent by grace, but actually you'll be able to, to do fantastic work in his kingdom because he is with you. You know, I love what Graham Cooks says about these verse. He says, grace creates this massive expectation and confidence of who God is. When we understand and realize the grace of God, we're thinking, whoa, it's about him. It's the one who enables, is the one who will make it happen. So now I'm expected, I'm confident, you know, I'm, I'm growing in confidence of who God is. It's why it's so important to trust God and lean into his grace. Because grace frames everything. The beginning, the end, the middle, the journey, everything is, should be saturated by grace. So you can say, okay, that's great, but how do we grow into grace? So my next points are hopefully will help. Okay, so we believe in his promises. That's how we grow in grace. In any kind of trouble in life, there is God's provision for future grace through his promises. Okay, so whether there is a trial or a tribulation or a series of events that cause you suffering, whether it is a battle, whether it's illnesses, whether it's temptation that you are facing, for any kind of trouble, there will be God's provision of future grace through his prophecy. Like, like we just read, is sufficient for all things at all time. Okay? So, you see, that's interesting because it means that all of us, we have grace on us, for our specific circumstances. All of us, we have grace and they are different for all our specific circumstances. We should never look around and compare ourselves. I know some of my sisters and brothers are going through tough stuff and I'm thinking sometimes, whoa, I don't know if I could do that. Of course I could not because I don't have that grace for that. But maybe they're looking at me in some situation, they're thinking, whoa, I don't think I could do that. No, because I've got specific grace on my life for certain things. So we shouldn't look around and compare ourselves, but believe that for our circumstances right now, God is providing grace and a redemptive way. Because he is able, because God is able. And his promises are yes and amen. So we start to believe in his promises. So guess what? You're anxious. You're anxious. You look at the verse. Cast your anxiety onto it. It cares for you. So your first step is, I'm going to believe. 
I'm going to believe he cares for me, therefore he will look after me. I'm going to start to believe that and I'm going to stand in his grace. Okay? And believe that he's going to come and break through your situation. You tempted by lust or anything? Um, guess what? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, this temptation is not above your ability and God has provided a way of escape. And James says, resist the devil and he will flee. So what do you do? You say, I trust God that I will not be tempted above my ability. And what I'm going to do that is exactly obey to your word, which he says, when I see evil, evil, I flee. I am not, you know, mingling in sin. Okay? I'm not, you know, bathing in it. I just say, no, that's temptation. I see it. I see it with temptation. I flee. So you believe what God says. If you are suffering, it says in 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you. You've got to believe that grace, God will give you grace in your suffering. Because the grace of God is so amazing. Okay? Uh, if you are bitter over a situation or people have done wrong to you, guess what? The Bible says that God is the God of justice. And he promises that he will settle our accounts with our offender so what you do is you let it in his hand rather than take it in your own hands that's what the bible says so you believe his promises that he's a god of justice that will actually vindicate you and you leave it in his hand Amen. so you that's the way you grow into into grace first of all you believe his promises and you obey them if you have something to do on your part the second way of growing into grace and growing your faith into grace is actually to meditate on God's faithfulness. Because I think our confidence in his grace will increase where we meditate on our history and when we concretely see you know, how God has worked in our life with grace. You see, our past victories, our past testimony makes us confident that God will do it again. So if you're going through something tough, look back and say, but I remember in this occasion, I prayed and God, you came through. I remember the situation, you rescued me. I, I, I remember the situation, I was really ill, but you healed me. And you go on and go on. Even if it's not your testimony, you can borrow somebody else's testimony and say, I oh, remember my sister and brother. You remember? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were short of money and, and you gave them some money. Jesus, please help. Yeah? Your confidence will build up, you know, as you meditate on his faithfulness. When we cherish our past graces, when we are full of gratitude and praise for the one who has saved us and rescued us time and time and time after time, then we start to believe in his ability to come through again and again and again and again. And then we start to be confident that yes, that is true. We, there is a grace upon grace upon grace upon grace coming to me. John Piper says that gratitude can turn into faith by cherishing past grace because it inclines our heart to then trust in future grace and believe in his promises. It's, it's strong, isn't it? So, what do we do then? This is our attitude. This is the attitude we need to have. Whatever our circumstances, 
is we need to stand in his grace. We need to not depart from him. We need to bathe in it. We need to stand in his grace. You know, it's funny in the, in the Bible, standing is actually a warfare position. Did you realize that? It's actually a warfare posi- position. You all know the armor of God passage in Ephesians 6, do you? Yes? Well, in Ephesians 6, it says, having done everything you know to do, now stand. And then he says, stand firm, and then he gets on to stand firm in, and there's all the gospel just bring, you know, through the arm of God. So, and it's the same with grace. We stand in his grace. So there's this amazing Roman 5 passages. I think I've wrote, I've wrote it here. So make it that anyway. Roman 5, um, verse 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom, from whom we have gained access by faith into grace. So we have access. We have access by faith into his grace. And we know grace is amazing. We just see. Now it says, we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. So we stand in his grace. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Some other translation says, we stand in his grace and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. That means there's a joy in it. There's an exaltation in it. We boast of the hope, we're full of the hope, we're confident in Jesus and his glory. Do you know the next few verse? It's all about suffering. It says, not only so, but also glory in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I'm not looking at suffering this morning, but it still completely connects this verse to the other verse. In all circumstances, you can stand in the grace of God knowing that he is, God is able Amen. to give you all you need, all sufficiency in all time for every kind of problems. He promises he will give you grace, each of us different grace for what we need. So what do we do? Do you know what? We don't know what to do. So we stand. We stand. Standing is like a warfare position that says, I agree and I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand and say, yes, I believe that you are for me and your grace will come when I need it. And when I need, even now, if I need it, I will have it. That's what it is. And finally, the last one. I find it so challenging, the last one, (laughs) I have to say personally. This grace changes the world. It changes the world. And I've got an example here. In Act 4, verse 32 to 35, mind-blowing chapter, read it at home. It describes our Christians were so full of the Spirit, so united, sharing one mind and one spirit, that one of the extraordinary had come into their community was that they all shared 
their possession. And that there was no longer anybody needy in the community. <laughs> Think about that. Think about how it would look like today. It's challenging, isn't it? So it says in verse 33, so, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy people among them. People who had extra would bring their extra to be distributed to those who had need. And it, it goes on describing how they, you know, somebody had an extra piece of land, they would sell, they would give it to the poor, la, 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 la. Can you imagine that? That, so again, do, are we now going to copy that to the letter? No, because that was the grace of God given to them right now. But what I found deeply challenging in this is, I was saying to Jamie, I said, these people, how to say that? We are so, we are so educated, educated to believe that if we work out, we get what we deserve. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and in one sense, there's a bit of truth. Even in the Bible, you know, you sow, you reap. So that's that's not that's not wrong. But then we are so entitled because basically, we think that we sh we deserve what we've got, and then. This community, I was saying to Jamie, I, said, I don't understand this community. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there was no needy people among them. That, that means they were like, Jesus, all I've got is yours. This is your grace. What I've got is your grace. So they, they didn't worry about what their children are going to be inheriting. Think about that, because we, we work hard, we want to leave something for our children, right? They didn't even worry about that, because it was like, of course, what I've got, you gave to me, it was your grace. And you're giving me more and more and more. And they were so confident that he would still provide. They didn't think, they didn't think, oh my gosh, if I give that, off, my holiday is gone. <laughs> no holiday this year, because I'll just give that to the poor. They didn't think that. Or they didn't think, um, no, 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 um, that little pot there, well, I've worked hard, I really deserve a holiday. I mean, I think like that, don't you? We think like that. It's so, I'm challenged by that. I'm challenged by that. That in, they were in this position where they understood so much of God's grace that they were not worried about the future. Bottom line, that was work, that's what it was. They were totally confident that God was able to always provide for their, their, their needs and for their children then. Therefore, it made sense to them to share. It's incredible, isn't it? So, uh, I don't know. Let's just close our eyes. There's so much in this, isn't it? Amen. I don't know which bit. I know that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And even if I press something on your heart, which is different than someone else, mm. it might be that, wow, you, 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 you can't receive things that you don't deserve. So you find it really difficult to be receiving the favor of God. I don't know your, your situation. It might be that right now you are in the circumstances that it's so painful. And you need to believe that God can give you grace in that situation. Amen. 
Okay. I just, I just want we, let's let's connect to God. Let's connect to God. Wow. Start, start in your heart. Start to talk to Him. Whatever is talked to you about right now, just have a little dialogue with Him. Father God. Jesus, you are able. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we pray for your grace. We pray for your grace. You are the God who is able. You are able to make all grace abound to us. Believe, Lord Jesus. We now stand in your grace. Help us to stand in your grace help us to bathe in the unmerited favor of God remind ourselves that you are always with us day after day with us that you provide grace to us for everything we need every day let the joy of this hope fill our hearts right now Jesus there's no hopeless situation. No hopeless situation for God. We pray that you will come with your Holy Spirit right now. Jesus.